Well, folks, it has been quite a couple of weeks here in PEI as we begin to recover from Fiona. This podcast was initially supposed to go out in late September, but due to the storm and our closures, that didn't happen. We've edited some of our segments to remove any out-of-date information, but we intentionally kept our discussion on Orange Shirt Day and the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. This is an important topic, and even though the actual Day of Truth and Reconciliation was September 30th, reconciliation is an ongoing process that we are all responsible for engaging in. The Stack Attack podcast is recorded and produced on Epicwit, the ancestral land of the Mi'kmaq. Welcome to the September episode of the Stack Attack podcast. We're talking about Orange Shirt Day and the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, Mi'kmaq History Month, Learning Disabilities Awareness Month, and finally, we'll wrap up by taking a look at some of the upcoming programs happening in library branches across the island. As always, please check out the podcast notes for more information and links to the resources mentioned in our episode. In this next segment, we're talking about Orange Shirt Day and the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Talking about residential schools can be traumatic for survivors, their families, and community members. Former residential school students can call the National Residential School Crisis Line at 1-866-925-4419 for emotional crisis referral services and information on other health supports. Indigenous peoples across Canada can also go to the Hope for Wellness helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for counselling and crisis intervention. Call a toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect to the online chat at hopeforwellness.ca. Orange Shirt Day and the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation are on September 30th. Orange Shirt Day is an Indigenous-led grassroots day that was started by Phyllis Webstad as a way to raise awareness of the intergenerational impacts that residential schools had on individuals, families, and communities. There were 140 federally-run residential schools in Canada that operated between 1867 and 1996. The Canadian government took First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children away from their families and homes and put them in church-run schools where they were not allowed to speak their language or celebrate their culture. The children were also frequently abused by those in charge, and the schools were poorly built and not given enough funding to properly take care of the students. Many children became sick and died, and those who survived returned home with a great deal of trauma that has been passed on to current generations. Survivors advocated for recognition, reparations, and demanded accountability for the intergenerational impacts of harms caused. The formation of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which ran from 2008 to 2015, was one of the results of this advocacy. The commission gave those who were directly or indirectly affected by residential schools an opportunity to share their stories and experiences. One of the commission's final reports detailed 94 calls to action that all governments, courts, businesses, schools, and people living in Canada can do to address the legacy of residential schools and work towards reconciliation. The National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is a direct response to Call to Action 80, which called for a federal statutory day of commemoration. If you would like to learn more about residential schools and their impacts, reconciliation, or the 94 Calls to Action, 
There are a number of resources linked in this episode's notes. Local library branches will also have displays for Orange Shirt Day featuring books and resources, an easy-to-read version of the 94 Calls to Action, and a chance for folks to write down a call to action to take with them as a reminder of their responsibility to work towards reconciliation. October is Mi'kmaq History Month, and we invite you to join us for a Mi'kmaq Heritage Celebration at the Charlottetown Library Learning Center on Saturday, October 15th from 1 to 4 p.m. Featuring storytellers, artisan demos, hoop dancing, drumming, singing, and more, this is a perfect opportunity to experience and celebrate Mi'kmaq heritage. If you would like to learn more about Mi'kmaq history and culture, please be sure to check out the El Nui organization. El Nui is an initiative that focuses on the advancement, implementation, and protection of the rights of the Mi'kmaq of PEI. They also feature a number of educational resources about Mi'kmaq culture, history, traditions, practices, and language. We'll link their website, www.elnui.ca, and their Facebook page in the podcast notes to make it easier for you to find. This is Alicia McDonald from the Rotary Library in Montague, and joining us today is Lorna Champion from the Learning Disabilities Association of Prince Edward Island. October is Learning Disabilities Awareness Month, and we wanted to introduce people to the to the topic and get the conversation started. So thank you for joining us. We really appreciate that. So I guess we'll get started with the very basics, and we're going to assume that um, this is a new topic for everyone, uh, because I think with something like learning disabilities, it's very easy for people to assume that they know something or to have a preconceived idea or notion of what it might be or what it looks like. And so, yeah, what is a learning disability? What classifies um, something as a learning disability? Great. So, Alicia, the people with learning disabilities, one of the most important things for us to remember is people with learning disabilities have average to above average intelligence. So I think that's one of the things that I feel is so important for us to understand. But it's the way that they learn and the way that they demonstrate their learning may be different than through our traditional methods. Children diagnosed with learning disability can be very successful in school, but they will need to use different approaches to learning and sharing concepts and information that they learn. Right, and can you give us a couple of examples maybe of learning disabilities? Yeah, so there's lots of different types and lots of different degrees of learning disabilities. The ones that we hear most frequently are the uh, terms dyslexia, which is a reading-based learning disability, Mm -hmm. dysgraphia, which is a writing-based disability, and dyscalculia, which is a math-based learning disability. But on top of that, there's also learning disabilities in language. So the way that we perceive information that we hear and the way that we express the language or the words that we want to express. There's also uh, learning disabilities around executive functioning. So skills such as planning and organizing and also around processing speed. So how long it takes to get things done. Right, right. Thank you. And how would you say that learning disabilities impact folks? I think for a lot of us, when we hear a learning disability or something like dyslexia, we're like, oh, okay, so they can't necessarily read a a lesson or the book in school, but how does that impact people in in life outside of school? 
Right. Yeah. So it does. It, you know, it, it, learning disabilities are a lifelong condition. So it, we notice it first in school quite often because it is so much focused on what our academic skills are. But when we look at some of these other areas um, and how they can affect us in our lifetime and our, our daily living and in our work environment. So if you have struggles with reading and you have struggles with writing, you have struggles with math, those can affect you in your work environments. But also when we add to that, maybe difficulties with understanding, expressing our through language or our planning and organizing with executive functioning skills or how long it takes us to get things done through processing speed, we can see how those things can all add to some of the frustrations we have in our work environments or in our daily lives if we don't provide some accommodations to make sure that we can can share our information or take our information out in, like I say, less than traditional ways. You've talked about how we often um, are first introduced to the idea that someone might be affected by a learning disability in school. Uh, but what about adults? Can they pursue a, a learning disability diagnosis? For sure, yeah. So a diagnosis for a learning disability can be given to an adult as well as to a child. Assessments for learning disabilities do not generally begin until after school child has entered school and most often not until they've been in school for a few years. For adults, there is really no age limit, but generally what you'll find is that adults in their 20s or 30s may want to pursue an assessment to see if they've had a learning disability. So they maybe realize that they've struggled all through school, um, but they're looking at maybe going post-secondary and they're wondering, you know, am I able to do post-secondary? You know, school was so hard for me. So quite often we'll find people in that age range going back to get an assessment done to get a better understanding of themselves uh, so that they'll, they find that knowing what they need to have for accommodations they can receive at the post-secondary level. The other piece of that is that students can also get some bursaries at the post-secondary level. So if you're, you know, over the age of 18 and you're looking at going post-secondary, you don't have a diagnosis, but you're thinking, I struggled all through school and I want to go post-secondary, but there's costs associated with getting the accommodations once you're at the public school system. Right. And so, and for the adults, so maybe someone's made it through university or they're in a trade, they're starting to I maybe suspect that they've had a learning disability the entire time, that that realization that, oh, like, things are easier for other people than they have been for me. I thought everyone was the same way, but it turns out maybe it's more difficult for me than it needs to be. Is there a point for an adult to pursue a diagnosis at that stage of life kind of thing? For sure. I think one of the things that all of us struggles with is just an understanding of why has it been so difficult for me? And, and you know, so a lot of people I find really struggle with their, their own identity or their own understanding of their learning and their abilities and, and quite often can be quite depressed because they feel that I'm not as good as other people. School's been tough for me. I'm not that smart. I'm, you know, all these negative talk that we can do with ourselves. So gaining that understanding of this is the way I am smart. You know, I, I do have average to above average intelligence. Just that if I had this technology to help me with my reading or my writing or with my math skills, if I do, you know, take information in in this mode rather than, you know, the traditional mode of through a textbook or whatever, 
that I can understand what I'm reading, or it does make sense to me how to do these math concepts, or a computer can do the typing out for me if it's just the actual putting it on paper. So there's so many ways we can accommodate people in their daily lives, whether it's in their work environments or their daily activities, and technology has just played such an amazing role in that. And so when we can understand the ways we can go about getting information in and and sharing our understanding of that information it just it opens those doors to an awareness of who I am and how I am smart right it's helped us understand that there's other ways that we can approach our learning you know like I, I think of people that love to read books well that's great I love to read books well I can never read books because I don't you know I have dyslexia and I can't read well do you know what here's a book on tape and now we can sit and talk about that book together um, right. and have a great conversation in our book club and I read it through print and you read it through audio you know so I think those things open the doors and those conversations you know well no I can't be part of your book club because I, I'm not a good reader well you know sure you can here's the book in, in audio or you know people that um that like to write I love to write I've got so many great ideas I want to be able to share my ideas but to organize those thoughts or to get them on paper I I just really struggle with that well do you know what there's technology where you can speak into the computer and it can put it down for you so we use a graphic organizer to kind of put your thoughts into a an organized format and then you speak into the computer and it types it up for you so there's just I mean the technology has opened doors and through those doors opening we see in the school system that our traditional ways of teaching kids don't necessarily aren't necessarily the only ways to teach kids and um, through that awareness I think it opened our eyes as teachers too to say wow, you know, there's there's so many ways that kids learn and a learning disability doesn't need to get in the way of that learning. Right, right. Thank you. And so October is Learning Disability Awareness Month. Uh, and if you could uh, maybe speak to the importance of having that month dedicated to raising awareness and focus of that. Yeah. So with the month of October being Learning Disabilities Awareness Month, the Learning Disabilities Association of PEI are really want to work hard to heighten our awareness of learning disabilities. And as with anything, awareness and understanding can reduce stigma, which is really our goal. Uh, so in order to heighten this awareness, some of the things that we're going to do through the Learning Disabilities Association is we have some radio announcements that are going to be broadcasted throughout the month just short little clips about learning disabilities. We also have some public information sessions that are going to be held for folks to pop in and learn a little bit more. And some of those may be online and some may be in a public venue. We're getting all that worked out. Also, uh, Her Honor Antoinette Perry, who is the honorary patr patron for Learning Disabilities Association of PEI, is hosting a social gathering at Fanning Bank during the month of October. The other piece that you'll see during the month is a lot of blue lights around the province and these will be in different businesses and organizations and government buildings and these buildings will be lit up in blue during the month of October and the color blue is associated with learning disabilities associations and lighting up in blue will help show support for those living with learning disabilities. Wonderful. It sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of information being given out and um, opportunities for people to learn more and make those connections as well. And just to touch on the Learning Disabilities Association of PEI, what exactly does the association do? Um, you know, what kind of services does it provide that kind of thing? So first of all, we are a nonprofit organization and we were created to support islanders living with learning disabilities and people who support people with learning disabilities. 
The staff at uh, LDA PEI are available to meet with people to discuss learning disabilities and help make connections to other learning disability related supports and information that's uh, provided on PEI. We do provide tutoring services and those tutoring services can be very intervention-based, so specific to reading or to math. We have um, actual interventions that we can provide to students during those intervention sessions. Or if you have a child that's just really struggling in the areas of curriculum, they just need some extra help with their actual studies, then we can actually do tutoring that is very specific to curriculum areas that they want to get extra support with. Also new to the Learning Disabilities Association last year was a parent support group was created and it was done in an online format and uh, last year was our very first year for it but it, it was quite successful. We had a number of parents that joined. They really felt that the format was one that was really comfortable. It was welcoming and very supportive and they just felt that they could ask the questions and other parents were able to kind of discuss strategies they've used, supports that they found helpful, how to talk to people about their child with learning disabilities. And so that was a very popular item that was started last year. Also, our website with the Learning Disabilities Association has just gone through some major renovations, and we hope in October that we're going to be actually uh, launching it. Um, but the, the restructuring of that has allowed it to be more user-friendly, I guess, because it, instead of reading what's on the website, there is a link that it can be read to you. So you can actually click on a spot on the website and, and the website can be read to you. So if you struggle with the reading of it, then you have it read to you. Um, but on the website, you'll also find information about financial supports that are available, such as the disability tax credit, the registered disability savings program, or scholarships for post-secondary studies. Also found on the website are links to games that children may play that will help work on specific skills. Or we also have links to articles and videos about learning disabilities. There are registration forms online as well. And those would be for tutoring services that we have available. And of course, contact information of how you'd be able to reach us. Well, there's a lot of stuff there and that's amazing. And what we'll do folks is I'll make sure to put a link to the Learning Disabilities Association of PEI's website into the uh, podcast notes. So it'll be super easy for you to find and click. So I do have a final question that I'm asking um, all of our guests now. And I was just wondering if you could share a book that you read uh, recently or an old favorite uh, that you'd like to, to talk about. Okay. Um, well, generally, I like to read a lot of historical fiction. Those mm -hmm. are my, my go-tos. Um, but actually, one that I read this past year, it's a fiction book that I read, and it's called Ragged Company. And it's by a Canadian author called Richard Wagamese. And actually, it's a book about um, four homeless people living in Canada that stumble across um, a lottery ticket. And they win the lottery. And it's kind of how their lives change from winning this lottery. It was an amazing book. Um, quite enjoyed it. Thank you for sharing. I'm always really interested to hear what other people are reading. Thank you, Lorna, again for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy, and again, we really appreciate all the work that you're doing with the Learning Disabilities Association of PEI. Thank you, Alicia. Really appreciate it. And certainly, folks, if you're wanting to get more information about learning disabilities on PEI or what services we can provide, just reach out, give us a call, send a message through the, our email. We're happy to be able to help in any way that we can.
Hi, it's Crystal Dion here, the Adult Services Librarian at the New Charlottetown Library Learning Center. And I'm here chatting with Rebecca Bolter. She's the Regional Librarian for the Western Region, and she works out of the Summerside Rotary Library in the Inspire Learning Center. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Crystal. <laughs> so we're just going to talk a bit about some programs that will be happening in your region. So if you just want to go ahead and let us know about some of the things that might be going on. Sure. So up in the western end of PEI, we always have lots of programs going on, kind of on a weekly or a monthly basis. Every one of our libraries has a weekly preschool story time where you can go and have songs and stories and engage in literacy activities and a little social time. Most of our branches have book clubs for adults and they're always open to new members. So just drop into your local library, pick up the book and kind of join the conversation. And then throughout the month, we have other things like tech help, puppet shows, Teen Tuesdays, games, activities. There's always something going on. That's awesome. It sounds like the branches are pretty busy in your region. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if folks wanted to double check on days and times and libraries, um, where can they go look to find out what programs are happening? We have lots of ways that you can find out what's going on in our libraries. The most complete and up-to-date place to go is our website where we list a calendar that lists all of our programs in all of our libraries and you can limit it by your local libraries. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Every month we post all of our program posters for each library and you can also uh, get special information about updates that happen throughout the month and find out more things about what's going on at your local library there. And of course, you can always drop into your local library where we have all the information and we're quite happy to point you in the right direction. Well, thanks so much, Rebecca. And yeah, as she had mentioned, I'll put a link to our website and our social media handles in the write-up for this podcast for you listeners. And yeah, thanks for taking time out of your day and letting us know about what's going on over in the western end of the island. Always happy to talk. Hi, it's Crystal here again, the Adult Services Librarian at the Charlottetown Library Learning Center, and I'm here with Beth Clinton, the Regional Librarian for the Central Region, who also works out of the Charlottetown Library Learning Center. Hi, Beth. Hello, Crystal. I just wanted to ask you about some of the programs that are going to be coming up through October in the new spaces that we have at the new library. Great. Well, with the creation of a children's program room, we do have the same sort of kids programs coming up, but it's it's just extra fun, especially after all the pandemic closures. So uh, every Wednesday at 10 a.m., we do have a toddler time. So that's for ages one to three, and the kids get to jump around and sing songs and have stories, and it's it's quite fun. Thursday mornings, family story time is at 10.30 a.m. So that's stories, songs, and rhymes and crafts for ages three to five, and they're grownups. And one of our most favorite times is Thursday afternoons at two, which is Wiggle Giggle Read, which is songs and rhymes for babies and their grownups. And uh, seeing all the little babies in the program room is one of the highlights of the week. A program that's starting up September 24th is Reading Buddies. And that's a six week program where kids are paired with teen volunteers for an hour of reading. So it helps the kids with the, their reading practice. It's a non-judgmental time to read. And it's just fun to be partnered with somebody older who's cool. For older kids, for teens, um, we are starting up a book club. The first meeting is on October 4th, Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. And it's called Overbooked, a book club for teens. And the first uh, title that's going to be read is Sarah Vaughn's graphic novel, Robot Dreams. 
and you can pick up a copy of that at the library. We are looking for some teen volunteers for Reading Buddies and also for Homework Club, which is starting later on in October. So if you're interested in getting some volunteer time for that, give us a call. That sounds like a lot of great programs happening for a younger crowd. What, uh, what's on deck for, for adults and seniors in the coming weeks? Oh my goodness. After all the busy summer and getting the whole library set up, we have lots of things coming up. Starting October 6th, we are going to have a writing boot camp. So that's kind of exciting. We haven't done anything like this in quite a while. And it's a weekly class to improve your writing skills. And it's by a local gentleman, Douglas McMalcolm, who has a PhD. Uh, so we do need you to register. And it is a bit, of a, a bit of a commitment. There's a couple of weeks, but he'll help you learn to write more effectively. We do have some one-on-one -on -one tech help. So if you just got a new device or aren't sure how to get your cat's pictures uploaded to Facebook or anything like that, you can sign up for a time slot Thursday, October 13th, somewhere between 2 and 4 p.m. Give us a call and we'll, we'll book you in for that. Virtual reality in the library. If you saw the kids using the virtual reality goggles in the summer, it looks super fun. And we have a time for adults to specifically use those October 17th at 6 p.m. Give us a call to book a time and you could do all sorts of fun things like play Fruit Ninja where you slice up fruit with a samurai sword. You can walk off a plank on a high building. I've heard you can drive the world's fastest car. It sounds like a lot of fun. There's a board game cafe Wednesday, October 19th. Um, just drop in and come play a game, an old favorite, anything. Our Monthly recurring program, the Seniors Cafe, is finally coming back after all the pandemic times. So Thursday, October 20th at 2 in the afternoon, you can drop in. There'll be an information presentation or something fun to do, refreshments and socializing. And that's going to happen every month. Also on that Thursday evening, there's a local author showcase. So there'll be some local authors giving talks and reading from their books and some tips on marketing and publication. One of the big events we do have coming up in October is Saturday, October 15th from 1 to 4. We have a Mi'kmaq Heritage Celebration, and this is in partnership with El Nui, and it's for all ages. So kids, seniors, adults, everybody, it's going to be a fun time. So there'll be storytellers, artists and demos, hoop dancing, drummers, singing, and all sorts of things. So that's going to be a great time. You don't have to stay all three hours. Drop in and check out all the interesting, exciting stuff going on with that event. And I think that's it for Charlottetown. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm worn out talking. Crystal, we got lots happening. That, that does sound like quite a lot happening. I'm looking forward to the, to the next month. Are you able to mention just some things happening at the other branches in the central region? Sure, sure. Yeah, we have lots of good stuff going on there too. Some of the nearby libraries. For example, Sharon Gillis has her art exhibited at the Cornwall Library. They do have an exhibit space and this month is Feeling the Paint, Abstract Responses to Real Life. So that's there throughout October. Cornwall Library also does run a writer's group, second and fourth Saturday of the month. So if you're writing your blockbuster novel, you might have some folks who can help you out and make suggestions. They also offer drop-in computer help every Wednesday between two and four. Drop in with your questions, bring your gadgets. Uh, they'll give you a hand. They also run, of course, family story times and Wiggle Giggle Read, and theirs happen on Friday morning. They also, uh, Wednesday, October 26th, they are running a haunted library escape room. So it's a Halloween-themed interactive game for families. So you solve the clues to escape the haunted library. 
it does look very exciting. So give them a call to book a time slot. That's at the Cornwall Library. Um, I may have to call for that one myself. Stratford Library, they also run Wiggle Giggle Read for, for zero to 12 months in the family story time. Their events happen on Thursday morning. Your yarn craft is for adults, so you can just drop in Thursdays at 1 p.m. There's some other folks there knitting, crocheting, that sort of thing. They have a couple of book clubs if you're interested in joining one, so you can give them a call, uh, 569-7441, to see what's happening. And they are just starting up. One of the new ones is a teen writing group. So that's the second Tuesday of the month at 4 p.m. So ages 13 to 18, you can hang out with other writing enthusiasts, and they'll have some writing activities and play some games and just generally have a good time with writing. For some of the other libraries, there's some fun things happening. Hunter River is just starting up a book club. So that'll run on Tuesday evenings once a month. So you can give Robin a call at the Hunter River Library if you're interested in that. Kinkora is also starting up a Kids Page Turners Book Club. That's in Kinkora Library uh, on Tuesdays. So give her a call if you have a kid age 8 to 12 who's interested in joining a book club. And I believe in October, Red Alban Library will be hosting an evening of storytelling about local ghost stories and scary stories. I don't have the full information on that, but it sounds very interesting. Hearing local folks tell all the scary stories in their area is always a good time. So that's kind of an overview of a lot of the things we have going on. Lots and lots. <laughs> so much. And yeah, for our listeners, as we heard from Rebecca earlier from the Summerside Rotary Library, to find more information about all these programs at all the libraries across the whole island, you can check out our website at www.library.pe.ca for the calendar of events. And you can also check out our Facebook page, the PEI Public Library Service, and our Instagram and Twitter as well, where we try to make sure we keep you uh, abreast of what's going on. Thank you so much for your time, Beth. I really appreciate you letting us know about all these great events happening. You are very welcome, Crystal. I look forward to taking part in as many of them as I can. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thank you so much to Rebecca Bolter and Beth Clinton for sharing some of the programming that's coming up in the Western and Central regions. Unfortunately, due to the storm and this episode being delayed, some of the programming we originally talked about had to be edited out. Remember to check out the PEI Public Library Service Facebook page for up-to-date information on upcoming programs. And now for what's happening in the Eastern region. In addition to our regularly scheduled story times, we also have some events for families, adults, and teens. On Tuesday, October 18th, from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Montague Rotary Library, teens ages 12 to 18 can join Peers Alliance trained staff and volunteers for games, snacks, crafts, and chat at the PEI Queer Youth Collective. PEIQYC is a 2S LGBTQ youth group. is open to all youth ages 12 to 18, regardless of identity. Youth can join anytime, no pressure. Murray Harper is hosting Cribbage at the Library on Wednesday, October 19th from 4 to 6. We have PD Day programs happening on Friday, October 21st in Georgetown, Montague, and Surrey. Check at the branch for exact details and times. Or you can stop by Murray River on Saturday, October 22nd from 1 to 5 p.m. for Family Scrabble Day. Georgetown is hosting an adult craft night on Tuesday, October 25th from 5 to 7 p.m. All supplies are provided to make your very own pumpkin centerpiece. And finally, on Wednesday, October 26th at 6 p.m., Join us at the Montague Library for an adult escape room, Flight 404. Your plane has crashed, and you only have one hour to fix the radio and call for help. Do you have what it takes to solve the clues and escape the room? 
Stack Attack is a production of the PEI Public Library Service. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and maybe you even learned something new. Many thanks to our guest, Lorna Champion, for taking the time to chat with us, and to Crystal Dion for all of her work on the podcast. Remember to check out the podcast notes for any links and resources that we've mentioned. And as always, we want to hear from you. Share what you're reading with us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And don't forget to check out our library website, library.pe.ca, for the most up-to-date information on library programs and services. Thank you for listening.